Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend, Kara, and she is going to talk to us a little bit about her CSI and her advocacy work. So Kara, if you would like to introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, y'all, my name is Kara Schwartz, and I am Miss Austin P. Volunteer in the Miss Volunteer America, Miss Tennessee Volunteer Scholarship Pageant Organization. And my community service project, it is called Brave Me, Brave You. Love. Yay. Um, okay, so talk a little bit about what got you interested in your CSI. Yeah. So Brave Me, Brave You is actually, it's an umbrella. It's underneath my original platform, which is called SASI, which stands for Sexual Assault Awareness Saves You. I am a two-time sexual assault survivor. And when I started doing pageants two-ish years ago, it's more like two and a half years ago, I was told, hey, Kara, great. We love that you want to do this, um, but you need a platform. You need a community service initiative, something that you're passionate about. And I automatically knew off the bat what that was. I wanted to use the position that I had been given with pageants to talk about something that not a lot of people talk about because it's scary and it's not a fun topic to discuss. And I wanted to kind of break the wheel with that. And throughout, I guess, really a good chunk of those two years, I was hitting the ground running with Sassy. I... I competed. My first pageant was actually Miss Austin P. Miss Queen City. And I got second runner up and I hit the ground running with that. And then three, four months later, I won Miss Murfreesboro Volunteer and was still running hard with Sassy. And then I went to state that June, um, was was a non-finalist. And then right after that time in June, when the state pageant was still in June, that end of that next August, a few months later, I won Miss Mid-South Volunteer. And again, I was still running hard with Sassy. And right before I went to state this last July, where I got first runner up behind the girl that's Miss Tennessee Volunteer right now, Jada, I had the idea for Brave Me, Brave You with the help of my interview coach. I really focused during my time as Miss Mid-South Volunteer to make my platform more developmentally appropriate because I didn't want people to look at me and see me as, oh, like we can't have Kara do anything because she's going to come in here and she's going to use these big words and we can't have kids going home asking mommy and daddy what those things mean. We can't have Kara coming into our schools, into events and talking about these things. And that's the image that I, yeah. That that was the image and the perception that I was giving people. And when that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. So I did a lot of brainstorming throughout my year. How can I make this more developmentally appropriate? How can I make it more receptive to children and their parents? And I changed a lot of the verbiage that I was using, but it was still just not enough. And then when I came up with the idea for Brave Me, Brave You, it changed everything. But like I said, it was literally not even a month before I left for state. And um, so even at state, my platform was still sassy and it was still that, but I was able to, with the work that I'd done throughout the year, make it more like, Hey, this is for kids because these things are happening to children. Absolutely. They are happening to everybody. It doesn't matter. Human trafficking. I mean, yes, literally. And then when I got home, I was like, I really need to just focus on this and hit heavy with this. And 
the things that have happened since the beginning of August with Brave Me, Brave You has outnumbered anything that I ever really did with Sassy. I mean, I have a partnership with Yapac Outreach here in Tennessee, and I'm getting ready to announce one with their other with their sister location in Texas. The, um, they work with the homeless community, homeless vets, but they also have a program called Foster Hope. They work with foster care children. And in the state of Tennessee, Yapac gets phone calls. Hey, we're emergency placement. We need we need stuff for these kids. We're pulling them out of a home. We're pulling them out of their home. We're pulling them out of a foster home. They don't have anything. They call Yapac. Yapac goes, okay, what, how old are they? What is their gender? What are their sizes? Give it to us. We'll get these bags packed and we'll bring them. And one of the projects that I do with Brave Me, Brave You is that I have packets and they have two letters in them that I wrote, two coloring pages that I designed and one of my Brave Me, Brave You bracelets. And each of the kids get those in one of their emergency placement bags. And they also are at the butterfly cottages that Yapac has. Those are their, Yapac hires their own foster families. Okay. And they have butterfly cottages that the kids can go to. And so those packets are also at those butterfly cottages. And I also have packets that I take with me into school systems when I go do school visits because the YAPAC one is very biblically based. Mm -hmm. And I know that with the school systems, there are a lot of things that have to be approved and have to be secular. Yeah. Accepted. Yes. So I had to put together a whole proposal to send to school systems and it looks a little bit different. Those letters aren't in there and the sticker on the outside of the folder is different but it's pretty much the same thing. There's just a couple extra things that go in there with that. And I also teach the kids when I go to the elementary schools, I have a chant that goes with Brave Me, Brave You. It's Brave Me, Brave You, You Can Trust Me and I Can Trust You. That's so cute. I know. They all love it. I mean, I've, I've done it with kindergartners and fifth graders and everybody loves it. And I have a Stuffed Lion, his name is Judah. He is the mascot for Brave Me, Brave You. And he travels with me when I go give presentations and teach and to events to kind of like, oh, Judah's a brave lion and Judah can be brave just like you can. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so, oh, that's so sweet. Um, okay. So talk a little bit about, you talked about like making your CSI more developmentally yep. oriented. So can you explain, I'm thinking like for like non-pageant folks listening mm-hmm. to this, what you mean by that? Yeah. So it goes, so for a little bit of background information, I'm getting my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. I, when I graduate in May of 2025, I will be an LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor. I want to work with children. That is what I want to do. I'm getting um, certifications in play therapy, um, EMDR, which is, (laughs) I've seen it and I've seen what it's done for kids and it's awesome. Um, And then I'm getting certifications in EMDR, which is an eye movement therapy that you can do with lights and it helps process um, traumatic events. They did a lot of it with um, PTSD survivors, with military people and women and men that have gone through sexual violence, traumatic events, things like that. And it works. I've done it and it helped me immensely. 
And I, I also want to learn about that too. Yeah. And I also want to get a certification in trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy as well. So all of that kind of ties into how can I make this platform more developmentally appropriate? Right. And it really boils down to using language that kids will understand. Right. They Kids, they love to hug each other. Mm-hmm. They love to poke. They love to pick. They love to hug. They love to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that I focus on is the basic premise of consent. Mm-hmm. Because you can teach consent to a third grader. You really can. And it boils down to you need to make sure you ask your friend for permission before you touch them. Mm-hmm. And if they tell you no, then that means no. That doesn't mean beg and nag and poke and prod until they are forced to say yes. Mm-hmm. It means no. And you say okay and you respect that and you walk away I love that I feel like that should be taught in every school from a young age and actually in this in the state of Tennessee it is written in our state laws that the guidance counselors they have to do things called personal safety lessons and they are supposed to be teaching all of those things in our public schools I don't know that that's happening. It's not. <laughs> like, I don't have any recollection of that. From- it's not. Um, I know that it is state law in Tennessee, and whether or not it is actually being held to that standard, I know there are some schools that are doing it, but other but times. It's not even, like, malicious. I'm sure, like, it's just too broad of a, like, clause, like, what is what do you say? It's like personal safety lessons. Yeah, like- it's a personal safety course. Yep. So like, okay, that's like, what does that include? Like probably like 15 other things. So they're probably just focusing on those when mm-hmm. like, I doubt it's malicious, but I just like that it's still really important and probably should be a focus. Yeah. Because I mean, I, in terms of our schools, you're thinking about what's prevalent in our schools right now. Yeah. Not sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while there is definitely sexual violence going on in our schools, bullying and cyberbullying, and that's a personal safety course all in itself as well. Yeah. Yeah. It should be broken down more. Yep. Um, okay. So what is the most shocking thing that you've learned about your CSI? I think what, I mean, I've learned the most, it really doesn't have much of anything to do with putting Brave Me, Brave You together and making the decision to focus on teaching children how they can be brave and what situations they can be brave in and how going to safe adults and safe people like your teachers, your dance coaches, people that you trust, like that that is brave and how standing up for your friend is brave. But what I have learned the most has actually been more about myself. Um you know, for a long time, like I said, I I am a survivor and I no longer am in that place of thinking about myself in the way of a victim. I know that there are a lot of people that are that way and that is okay because it is something that had happened. But I know the first thing that I tell people when they come to me and they say, Hey, this happened to me. And I'm like, well, yes, it did. 
And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And if I could change it, I would. But I want you to know that you survived and I'm proud of you. Yeah. Because there are people that don't get to say that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And being able to survive something like that and coming out on the other side is amazing. And it is a feat all on its own. And I kind of came to this realization a couple nights ago that while yes, I still always love and always have a heart and will always listen to our adult survivors and those over the age of 18, because if you are under the age of 18 and you come to somebody and you say, Hey, I'm being sexually abused. It's mandatory report. Yeah. And it does not matter who you are. If you are under the age of 18 and you come to me and you tell me this, I have to mandatory report because if I do not, I have broken the law and I can be held liable for what has happened to you because I knew and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So while I love being able to, and will still always, always love helping adults and helping them through that and being there for them with what they need and helping them heal and shifting from that mindset of I survived this Mm -hmm. instead of I'm a victim to this because yes, you are. We all are that have been through this, but we survived it. Yeah. What I have really come to realize is that while our adults do need us, it's the children that need us. Yeah. Children are the future. Mm -hmm. Without them, we are nothing. Mm -hmm. And if we cannot help our children that are in foster care, that are in child trafficking, that are being abused at home, if we cannot help them, we are failing. Mm -hmm. We are failing ourselves. We are failing our future for this country, for our world, because children with untreated trauma become adults with deep-rooted issues. Which is when the cycle starts. Yes. And... I was on a Zoom meeting the other day and I was asked, Kara, why do you do this? And it really boils down to, you know, it's not for my glory. I don't do this for myself. I don't do this to make myself look better or to make myself feel better about myself or make people think that I'm somebody that I'm not because this is genuinely just who I am. I want to be able to help people. And It comes down to, I want a child to know, regardless of their situation, whatever they are going through, whatever is happening to them, they don't think anybody loves them. They don't think anybody cares about them. I want them to know that there's somebody that does. Yeah. Because if I can even make an impact on one child's life, everything I have went through, every single tear that I have cried, panic attack that I have had, every sleepless night and every single therapy session will have been worth it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, you're clearly so passionate about it. It's just fun to listen to you like talk about it. Uh, So talk to me about projects that you're currently working on with your CSI, like your trademark. Such a So I I got my trademark for um, the state of Tennessee. A couple weeks ago, um, 
I was super, super, super excited about that because now it's like, oh, this is mine. Nobody can actually take it from me. So this is awesome. (laughs) Yes. And over Christmas break during that long, like almost two and a half month break from school, I'm going to be sitting down and filling out the paperwork to be a 501c3. So I'll be a nonprofit pretty soon um, because I have some very, very big projects in the works. Um, And bottom line is I need help from businesses and from (laughs) corporations. And while I am very thankful for the private donations that I have got from friends and family and I mean, random people, um, they have helped sponsor hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of packets and tons of supplies, Right. but I need the money. Yes. Still from them. And I will always take it. I will always be so grateful for the people that send things off my Amazon wish list too, but I need the big businesses with the big money to help. And if they can't do it as a tax write-off, then they're probably not going to help. <laughs> fair. That's fair. So, yes. Lots of stuff going on. That's so exciting. Um, okay. So I have one final question for you. If you were going to give one piece of advice to someone wanting to get involved with, you know, um, sexual assault awareness, domestic violence awareness, what would it be? Evaluate yourself first. Interesting. Okay. If you are a survivor, evaluate how you feel. Like truly do self-reflection and self-evaluation on how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you still feel shame and anger towards yourself about what has happened to you, you will project it onto other people. That's so true. You may think that you are trying to help. You may want to help. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you still feel these things about yourself, you are going to project that onto other survivors. That is such a good point. Do self-reflection, self-evaluation to make sure that this is actually something you can really do at this point. Mentally. You need to be able to be there for people that come to you. You need to be there to support them. And at the end of the day, they really aren't coming to you because they need advice on what to do about it. Right. They are coming to you because they need someone to listen mm-hmm. and they need someone to hear them. Most of the time they are not looking for advice. Do not give the advice unless you are asked to give it. Mm-hmm. Just listen and be present. I love that. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for coming yes, on today. Um, like I said, I know that you're so passionate about this topic and I see you actively living it out. I remember when I first started posting about, you know, my domestic violence situation, I remember like you literally DMing me and reaching out to me and you've never met me before. Like you did not yeah. have to do that and you did. So um, I just appreciate you as a person. Yeah. It's so fun to be able to, you know, witness your title holder journey and everything that you're accomplished, everything you're accomplishing. And I am like one of your biggest cheerleaders. I oh, always, you. it's always fun to see your posts. You've got so many great ideas. And so I'm excited to see what you're going to do in the future. Yes. I will see thank all you. of you guys in our next episode. Bye y'all. <laughs>